tried to push from safety car line one for Hamilton. He just beat it. Xavi, did you tell me that before? Tell me. No, but come on. of Rear the Grid. As always, I am your host, Matt, joined as ever by my good friend, Jashan. How are you today? Yeah, feeling good. Looks like Audacity's actually working. So uh, yeah, loving that. Uh, the fucking audacity of it. Yes. Shut up. Stop lost it. Any, uh, lost any recordings recently? Yeah, no, I lost an episode of Four Man Wall a couple weeks ago, actually. Devastating. Yeah. Devastating. We do love a good lost episode. <laughs> so many. On this week's show, tension at Red Bull, struggles at McLaren, and Ferrari at Ferrari. <laughs> All that and more on this, another episode of Rear the Grid. Nice. I guess Park Ji Sung's also at Park Ji Sung. This time in review of the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, which was a Grand Prix, wasn't it, Jashan? Yeah, I don't think it, it deserves the flack that people are throwing out there. It wasn't, you know, the worst race ever, but it, it wasn't amazing, but I, it was fine. I disagree because nothing particularly happened on track and Verstappen didn't win, which means the Verstappen wins every race in the <laughs> has ended, which means this season is already a failure. Um, and what's the point? I uh, disagree. I think there was enough track on action for me to re- retain an interest. Track on action. Enough, eh? enough track on action. Enough action on track. We had some nice overtakes. Lance Stroll pulling yeah, out the stops. Was it was very, very tasteful. That was a nice move. He, and then he did one nice move, and I was like, oh, here we go. Lance Stroll podium on, and then he did nothing. I just quickly, oh, before we dive into it, a little bit of housekeeping. If you're wondering why you've only heard us once before now since our... Uh, Bahrain. Bahrain was the first race. Yeah. yeah. At the moment, uh, due to uh, work-life schedules that do not sync at all, Jashan's days off, I work, and my days off, he yep. works. We're only doing review episodes at the moment this year. We won't be doing previews. You can still catch our predictions on the old Instagram at Online Hub Media. Check the gram, baby. But for the time being we won't be doing preview episodes unless major stories drop but the schedule should hopefully be rotg episodes coming out sort of end of the week after a grand prix thursday friday depending when we get to record it and uh if you listen to the f2 podcast that likely early-ish the following week yeah um obviously whenever there's double headers um we will probably just off ourselves from the crippling time constraints and just um cease to exist i don't know about that kind of chat boys but you know what we're all out here on a grind if you're having a hard day at work <laughs> listen to the podcast it'll get it'll help just you gotta, get through it you know just gonna take it play by play you That's know it. time give 100 percent. exactly right put it out put, put it out there for the boys i'm really proud of the boys but oh, let's shit. my desk is right. full of empty coffee mugs i gotta wash the dishes man you uh, you're one of them people mate I, mean, I try not to be, but sometimes it just builds up. It do be like that. It really it do, do be, be like, like that. that. Exactly. Well, actually, let's go. Okay, let's have a quick quick qualifying recap. I should probably do that. 
Um, let me look really organized as I now only open the official Apple Platform <laughs> website <laughs> because, you know, yes. banter. You are a professional, uh, sir. I am a professional gamer. No, you're not. You're a terrible gamer. I, I'll get back to that once I find out where I qualify for Bahrain in F1 2022. Are you playing the F1 game now? Yeah, it's on Game Pass now. Ah, so I, I thought I've I've been vibing. Nice. I'm a little bit I'm a little bit sick of all my other non-story games at the moment. Yep, so yep, yep. I I bought WRC Generations, nice. which I then realised is basically like Dirt Rally, but official WRC. So that's probably going to be a bit too hardcore for me. But that's just that's such as life. Yep. And then I also bought um, well, installed uh, F1 2022. Fuck yeah, that's awesome. Very, very um, nice. All right, qualifying now. Qualifying. Couple of notable things to happen in qualifying. First of all, Logan Sargent was not within the one hundred and seven percent time split because he did not actually set a true flying lap time. Now, I meant to go back and rewatch Q one um, or the start of Q one before we did this podcast mm-hmm. to figure something out because I don't know for sure. But I have a slight theory that Logan Sargent's deleted lap time was probably fast enough to get him out of Q1. Um, He's definitely a fast so, enough driver to do so, in general. Well, because he, he was faster than his teammate and things like that. He, he put in a good lap, but there was a few lap times were getting deleted for on the start of your lap or the end of it. Because they were getting done for track limits. And uh, you're like, how the fuck can you do track Jeddah. limits on a street circuit? Um, it was turn 27, and it was if you come across and put, like, your wheels uh, over the pit entry line oh, or something. Right. They were deleting, which is uh, fair, I don't know. Bit of a strange one. And I think oh. he did that, um, which lost him a lap time that I think might have got him through into Q2, which is... So, unreflective, because we'll talk more Logan Sargent later on. Yeah. Um, results are unreflective of what I think Logan Sargent is doing so far. So that was a bit of a bummer because I was keen to see him up there in Q2. But uh, we also lost uh, Norris, Nick DeVries, Alex Albon, and Yuki Tsunoda. But Q2 was probably where the big, big news took place because before he'd set a uh, flying lap, Max Verstappen had mm. was it drive shaft issues. I believe. I'm actually not too uh, certain what it was, but he had an lost, issue, and that's the main thing. I'm very, very confident it was a drive shaft issue, which meant he was not able to set a lap time. Yeah. So he would start from 15th on the grid. Um, this obviously meant there was an extra spot up for grabs. And depending how you want to... Well, I can tell you the name that was obviously the odd one out there. The man who had just snuck in was Gasly. He was P10, I believe. Oh, actually, no. Might have been good. Because Costa Piastri got through in P10. I think he got through in P10. Oh. Um, no, yeah, Piastri. So, yeah, I think Gasly was through in P10 and then qualified actually P10. Uh-huh. But um, Oscar Piastri was the man who filled the slot left by Verstappen. I, I thought it was say. Hulkenberg who got promoted up because... Oh, no, Hulkenberg got promoted because of Leclerc's grid penalty, hey? Yes. Right. But as in, like, Piastri, Piastri's McLaren yep. was the odd car out in what was otherwise a 2x2 two two top 10. Yes, of course. Um, huge for Oscar. This is what mm-hmm. I think both of us would say as people who watched him win that F2 championship and are thus big, big believers in Oscar. This is what those of us who have seen the talent know. And this is what I said. Did I say this? Was it? I can't remember whether it was in 
the Bahrain review or in the preview season preview, but I think this would, this could be a lot of a George Russell at Williams S season for Oscar, where I'm like, I don't know how many like actual like points converting results and things he'll have. There could be a lot of finishing P sixteen, but it will be he'll just do little things every now and again, something that will flash through and you'll be like, oh, this guy is good. Yes, uh, being undoubtedly. over. Being, yeah, six tenths faster, seven tenths faster than Lando Norris in Q1 and qualifying eight or ninth, bumping up to eighth compared to your teammates' 19th. Yeah. Your highly regarded teammates' 19th. Oh, extremely, yeah. That is flashing. That is, this is us. Because this is not like George Russell going up against, you know, Robert Kubica or Latifi. No, no. A podium, a frequent podium finisher, Lando Norris. Yeah, he's out-qualified, um, in theory, one of, if some, for some people's hottest young driver on the grid. Yeah. Um, absolutely dusted him. And then, so. and then passed him later on track as well, just to kind of, you know, well, hammer it home. I mean, did he? I think he did. I think Lando Norris is a petulant child. I mean, he passed him. It, we'll get, I, it wasn't by, like, pulling off some incredible <laughs> Um But, yeah. Elsewhere we had, uh, it was Perez who took pole, I think crushing all our hearts. There was a fleeting moment where we were hoping, well, obviously I think we're all hoping for Alonso. There was definitely, I said to you, this is why you've always got to watch qualifying because like for, it was only for like 10, 15 seconds, but for those 10, 15 seconds where Lance had gone purple in sector one and there was a moment where I was like, oh my God, Lance is getting pole. Um, Like life felt worth living. <laughs> I was like, yeah, for that, 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 that is, moment right there. This is what What's wrong with you, is, mate? You've already made two suicide is, jokes in the opening eight minutes of the podcast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Life being worth living is not a suicide joke. Okay. It's just like how Fine. good is like it's like this is this is why you wake up in the morning this for the potential living. of large stroll on pole. Mm. Biggest reason I wake up every day. Uh, but it was Perez. Uh head of Leclerc, who obviously had a ten place grid drop for Ferrariness. Um, Alonso, George Russell, Sainz, Stroll, Ocon, Hamilton out-qualified by Stroll, and more notably, Ocon, mm-hmm. uh, Piastri, and Gasly, which brought us to the race, and yeah, beyond Alonso getting a great start to jump up into P1, and uh, Stroll putting a beautiful move on, was it Signs to put himself in P4? Yeah, it was signs around the outside. It was a very Jehan Deruvela esque. It was very, very nice. <laughs> He's dropped a Deruvela reference. You love to yeah, see Yeah, man. It. Check out our other our sister podcast, Dev24U. We'll be getting our recorded later Jane this week. Jane Deruvela, man making Jehan eat his words already. He always does every year. But then again, he also always proves me right every year. You watch. Yes. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's the definition of like mid. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He is the Andy Dalton of F2 drivers. <laughs> If you're wow. better than Deruvela, you're a good driver. If you're worse than Deruvela, you're not a good driver. Bloody hell. Uh, but I digress. Um, obviously, it didn't take too long for Perez to work his way back past Alonso. Alonso sort of held with him for a while, eventually dropped the DRS, and just settled into a comfortable P2. Unsurprisingly, we had Charles and Max moving very steadily and somewhat swiftly up through the pack. Yep. Perez clearing out for a while safety car 
brought Max way back up. Courtesy of Lance Stroll. Do you yes. know what happened to Lance Stroll's engine? Because for, for what I, I can't figure uh, it out. Neither. Mike Crack just refuses to talk about it. <clears throat> yes, uncertain. But disappointing, because that was a good bundle of points for Lance. He probably would have finished that race fourth. I don't know about fourth. I don't know whether he would have beaten George, but mm. I reckon he would have been definitely fifth. Definitely, yeah, it would have beaten. He would have beaten the two Ferraris. He's staying ahead of Hamilton and yeah. he's beating the Ferraris, and maybe he beats George. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but the big thing we'll talk about first, I guess, is Red Bull. Obviously, clinical weekend for Perez. Mm. Pole, light, effective, obviously, minus a couple of laps there where Alonso is in front. More or less a lights to flag victory. Um, and most notably, he held off Verstappen at about five seconds for like. 25 30 laps once we thought Verstappen once like what I were you the opinion once Verstappen got to P2 you're like he's probably about to just run down Checo get by him win you know I I did think of, I did think of that although I wasn't thinking a whole lot just for the viewers discretion I was watching this live so about five six in the morning after a long day's work so I wasn't particularly in it but I was sort of vaguely <laughs> half watching and it must be noted like Sergio Perez he's the king of the street circuits He's very good. Since he's come to yeah Red Bull, he's what one Monaco, one Baku, yeah, one Singapore, yeah, yeah. He's a real Ralph Boschung out there, and it's worth noting. Want some fun facts, Matthew? Oh, always. There are lots of fun facts to come out this weekend, uh, and not just on Red Bull. But I'll do the Red Bull ones first. So this was the first time Sergio Perez has ever won a race with Verstappen in second place. Yes, which yes. is huge, I think, because it's often you normally. Know, yeah. Normally, it's the he'll inherit the ones where things a la Baku. Max's exactly. car, Max's tyre decided to um, spontaneously disintegrate. That's Perez right. won the race. Um, it was also the first uh, consecutive 1-2 for Red Bull since 2009 in the British and yep. German Grands Prix, which is ominous for the rest of the season. Um, and this was Max Verstappen's 79th career podium. Did you see that uh, Williams has not had a podium... Oh, sorry, a 1-2 finish in over, like, 9,000 days. <laughs> ha! Yo, who's keeping that, who's keeping that stat, man? <laughs> well, because it's not that hard to keep... You, you just... I doubt it's... I mean, I imagine there's a database out there of every single F1 result in history. Yeah, of course. So you just control F the last time Williams won 2 yeah, I guess and so. Do some basic math. Still brutal, though. My God, um, you hate to see it. But um, that... for a team that used to do it a lot, yeah, yeah, the fall of Williams. So Verstappen, Verstappen's seventy ninth career podium puts him <coughs> literally one short of Ayrton Senna's career total. Yes, um, which is insane because Mac Verstappen is what is he twenty three? Sorry, twenty five? Twenty four? What is he? Twenty yes. twenty five years of old. Obviously, he started very young. It always has to be. But Max debuted as a seventeen year old. He's been doing it. Oh. As I as I said, I think it's that he's only like conceivably in the next couple of years, Alonso and Hamilton retire eventually just at the end of their life cycle. Um, Bottas possibly decides that he doesn't want to Kimi Raikkonen at too extreme, and he goes at the end of this Alfa Romeo contract. Mm-hmm. And there was someone else on the grid who's a bit more on the old side who maybe just goes to that. But like, there's only like four drivers ahead of Max in terms of Grand Prix starts. All of them could be Jesus. gone in the next few years. And oh, Perez Max could be, yes, Perez who could just be gone through um. Red Bull. I don't know whether he gets a seat elsewhere if he loses the Red Bull spot. Yeah. Um, 
Max could be the most experienced driver on the grid comfortably. Well, not comfortably. He's a race ahead of science. But he could be the most experienced driver on the grid as a 28-year-old. That's bloody ridiculous. Um, which is crazy. But he started so young. Like, I think 28 years old and he'll have been in the sport over a decade. Um, yeah. So, what do, you, what do you think? I think Christian Horner... Yeah. Oh. Well, what do we, do we want to talk? Do we want to talk Verstappen first or Perez first? Oh, look, uh, we, let's just get stuck into the, the the drama. I wanna I wanna talk about each of their performances individually. Okay. Well, we Perez was fantastic, drama. and Verstappen was fantastic. They're both fucking good. <laughs> I think there's a bit more to it other than that. Did you see Christian Horner's comments that he thinks this is probably Perez's greatest ever Grand Prix? Yes, I I've seen a few people say that. I I don't. I think it was his best overall weekend. But in terms of actual race, I still maintain that his win in Bahrain for Racing Point is his best ever race because that was just that was something else, obviously. Um, but yeah, the, for, for Red I, Bull, probably his best weekend. Yeah, I mean, I'm still possibly inclined to go this just because I I get obviously coming from all the way from the back after the lap one spin and that in Bahrain, but a lot of different ships fell in place in the Sakia Grand Prix. Yeah, but he's still gone from last to first. Oh, I know, but point. I honestly. I right now in this exact second in time in Formula One, I think holding off Max Verstappen in an identical car is more impressive than driving past the entire field. Yeah, but there's you know I, there's more to it than that because Max did complain about I think it was drive shaft issue, issues at some point or, or something, and 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 Verstappen's been vocal since the race ended saying that yeah we need to sort out our reliability issues. Oh well, that's just F one drivers that. And never had, never content. So you know. Yeah, but like if, Max if, was like, "Yeah, you know, I I drove really well. I was happy to come second, but I didn't come first, so I'm not happy." And it was like, I, "Yeah, no one likes the, no one likes the dominant driver." But I I still um, maintain that you know if Verstappen had a, had a started on the front row where he normally starts, he would have been there. Oh, he wins, probably. Yeah. It and I think it'd be interesting to see. I but I was very impressed. I didn't think Perez would necessarily have it in to hold Verstappen off mm-hmm. the way that he did. So I think seeing that, like, that's the, thing. the question is still, can he do it week in, week out? I'm not so sure. But the fact that he can, this is proof that Perez is good enough to, on his, on his any given Sunday, on his day, he can, he can, he can go toe-to-toe and hold off Max. Um, Max, on the other hand, and this will segue us into what I know you really want to talk about it in terms of Red Bull. <laughs> Obviously... I'm just a brilliant, for drama. Brilliant, brilliant drive, 15th to second. Um, easily the fastest looking car out of there for most of it. Considering he was carving through basically right behind Leclerc. Yep. He started four spots behind Leclerc. Leclerc was on softs. He was on mediums. Yep. Um, he and Red Bull are just... It's, it's so far in front. It's It sucks. Way further than last year. It genuinely sucks. It sucks for the sport. It's it's awesome to watch, you know, and Red Bull fans can be very happy. 
but it sucks for this the sport. This is, yeah, I mean, Ham- I think Hamilton said that even in their most dominant times, he didn't think they were this dominant. I don't know whether I agree with that. There was definitely some years there where it was like, the Mercedes is the only car that can win. Um, and yeah, that, this is what it is this yeah. year for Red Bull. The, first, the like... first season I watched was, I think, you know, the, the whole narrative was, oh, maybe Bottas can beat Hamilton. And then after, like, three races, and it was like, yeah, no, he can't. Uh, this, is, this is already a write-off. So I don't know about that. But um, most notably, at the end, obviously, uh, Max Verstappen, fastest lap of the race on the final lap, and mm-hmm. he absolutely lit it up. He is one to do this. Max loves to get the fastest lap. He often loves to do it on the last lap. This is nothing particularly new. Hamilton did this a lot during his reign at the top of the sport. This is pretty commonplace. But... This has led to some controversy because obviously with the one two there, Perez was the one who was holding the fastest lap and Red Bull was seen to be managing the pace of the drivers. They issued I don't remember ever to say that, but I believe that issued an instruction for SAP as well. Perez was held, told to do thirty two six plus four mm-hmm. or plus point four. So they wanted him doing thirty threes, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, Patrick Perez went back on the radio asking, "Oh, you know, is that what Max has been asked to do? Like, why that he was thing?" Um, and like, it seemed like Max was sort of holding steady. Like the gap sat around there at the same sort of five, six seconds, obviously. But then, with what two, three laps ago, we heard a radio message from Max being like, "Oh, you know, what's the fastest lap or whatever?" And the team was like, oh, "We're not in, you know, we're not interested in the fastest lap." And just Max is it, but I am. <laughs> I um, am. <laughs> and on on the so yeah, I guess what do you make it all? Do you think someone is at fault here who's sort of side do you fall on? But I do just quickly before you give to us want to say like regardless of what you think of Max's decision to go for it kind of against the team orders it there is something a little bit like awe inspiring just watching just the sheer ease in which he can do it he just sat there sat there and then the final right lap suddenly he switches it all on and goes you know three tenths faster than anyone else did or whatever and just clinically cruises to it mm-hmm. um, it's very impressive he's, to watch but yeah what do you insane. what do you make of it or what do you make of this whole situation and then if you want, take us through as well the um, post-race interaction between the drivers and the team and everything. Yeah, I don't have it all laid out, but... First of all, from a neutral perspective, let them cook. I want to see Perez drive hard. I want to see Verstappen drive hard. Let's, you know... It may well be that this is the only story of the season that kind of permeates all the way through, because obviously we had, at the end of last year, we had Max being a bit of a cunt to Perez, uh, nearly costing Perez... Well, it ended up... It did cost Perez P2 in the championship. Um, yes. So there's that. Um, obviously, you know, they've always been... They've been a good team, but are they becoming... Is it is this blossoming into an actual rivalry here? I don't know. I don't know if you saw this, but Perez tweeted out that, yeah, tough race, but happy with the result. I want to be champion. Uh, he then... He later deleted that tweet. So, you know, Red Bull... I don't know, maybe called him up like, hey, buddy... Uh, don't want you to be saying stuff like that we have our champion already and you are a number two guy i'm sure at some point perez might not be happy with the number two status and he he wants to you know actually like give it a fair shake i don't necessarily think he can but i'd like to see him try (coughs) 
apparently Perez... Sorry, apparently Verstappen didn't show up to a team meeting um, post-race, frustrated with the car, uh, failing during qualifying. He was he was that angry about it. Um, and that was maybe part of the reason why he defied team orders by pushing on the last lap, because it was like, well, you know, fuck you, uh, I'll do what I want. Um, that one point is also what keeps Max at the top of the championship right now, otherwise him and Perez would be dead even. Oh, sorry, Perez would be in front, because Perez had, yes. the, had the fastest, didn't he? Denied um, Perez his first ever leader of the world championship. Yeah, yeah, exactly like the right. the villain he is. Um, and, and also, Joss Verstappen came out and kind of uh, had a bit of a snap at, at Sergio, saying, oh, happy for him, he doesn't get a chance too often to be the leader, so... And uh, Joss yes, well, being Joss cunt as usual. is one of the most annoying men in the F1 paddock. Who's more annoying, Helmut Marko or Joss Verstappen? Uh, Helmut Marko. Yeah, fair enough. Because Helmut Marko has actual real power. Yeah, fair enough. Well, um, uh, Joss Verstappen is just an old man yelling at clouds for the most part. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, the whole thing... I it's a bit kind snappy. Of it's a bit snappy. I don't... Like, right now, obviously, this thing, Perez is the only man who can conceivably beat Verstappen this year. Mm-hmm. It's just whether or not they are this dominant by the end of the season remains to be seen, but I cannot see a way that anyone is close enough to be able to run them down. Yeah, like, yeah. it's all well and good if Charles wins the last six Grand Prix of the season, but when he's starting out 150 points behind Verstappen going into that... All Verstappen has to do is finish, like, eighth every single race, and he wins. Also, the only way that happens is if Fred fires every single Ferrari employee and brings in his own people, because it is clear that all of them are fucking useless. <laughs> I disagree. There's only one thing Ferrari needs to do. That is hand the keys to Sebastian, let him build the car, <laughs> and they will be fine. Uh, but, yeah, so Perez is the only one who could beat him whether or not he's actually capable of it I love Sergio I'd be it'll be one of the best underdog stories F1 has ever had if he is able to come out on top of a staff and he has never proven that he's able to do, operate at this elite level on a week in week out basis as a Hamilton can as a Verstappen can these are the guys who win the championships there's a reason Bottas it's it. yep. Bottas is a great analogy here. Yes. Bottas did have these weekends where he did actually beat Hamilton entirely of his own accord. He had maybe two of them a year. When the split is 2v20, yep. it's pretty obvious which side's winning the overall thing, yep. isn't it? The stars can do it, but the superstars can do it every single week. It's the difference between an all-star in the NBA and an all-NBA type guy, right? Yeah. Um, and I just I want to uh, make a little point here. So I'm reading this article on ABC News written by Michael Doyle. Um, hold on. Yes, so he... And this is a quote. Over the last two seasons, Verstappen has driven at a level only matched by the great Michael Schumacher during Ferrari's glory years at the start of the century. Is that accurate? Is that uh, rude to Lewis Hamilton? Is that I offensive? Probably... I wouldn't say it's offensive... I think that's probably failing to give a little bit of credit to Hamilton. What about Alonso? No. No? Alonso. Renault Alonso? No. Not this level of dominance. Okay. I don't believe Alonso was dusting people. I, the only other one would be Vettel. Um, yeah, of course. Vettel sorry, I forgot about Vettel. <laughs> but, but 
<laughs> the thing is, Vettel went really close, ultra-dominant, really close, ultra-dominance. He didn't go, like, consecutive ultra-dominant seasons. Like, yeah. both titles one and three, Vettel trailed coming into, like, the home stretch of the season. Yeah. Titles two and four, he had wrapped up by, like, Suzuka. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hamilton... Yeah, I think it's being a bit that Hamilton's had a couple of insanely dominant seasons. Okay. Particularly post-Rosberg. Oh, Nico Rosberg. What a man. Um, yeah, well, so what is... Any thoughts on this tension at Red Bull? Like, I mean, I think we both know the answer, but will Verstappen... Okay, so, as you know, I was going to say, will Verstappen receive any punishment? No. Stupid question. Do you think Verstappen will even privately behind closed doors no. receive a moderate talking to from my corner? No, Verstappen Agreed. is the most spoiled brat on the planet, and you know what? Uh, he's earned it because he's fucking good. Uh, but yes. yeah, I want to see. I want to see Perez fight. Let's 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 have it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't wait for Verstappen to win the next four races. Perez to be a good sixty points behind, and this narrative to be over before it ever really began. Yeah. But right now, <laughs> we've got a title fight. Um, uh, nah. Yeah, but there definitely feels like there is tension. I think. I don't know. Do you know? I don't know whether or not Sergio has another year in his contract after this. But I can't see these two being teammates for very long because no. I think one of two things happens. Perez just doesn't resign because he does not want to be this hard of a second fiddle, and he potentially even well if he's got no other, but he risks falling out of the sport because he just does not want to do it anymore. Yeah. Or Perez finally snaps, and so the team don't take him back because you know he yeah. snapped at the golden child. Exactly. So he's steamed that, in which case they, you know, promote up. Ricardo! Well, Daniel Ricardo! Yeah, well, Ricardo, um, there's talks. Uh, Norris, if Norris, we looking to get out of McLaren. I tell, I tell you who wouldn't want to be a fucking second fiddle driver, driver it's Lando Norris. He proved that this weekend. <laughs> yeah, but in theory, Norris has the ability to uh, go toe-to-toe for Stappen more so than Perez does. In theory. Whether or not that would that would that, but he's got a better chance than Paris. I, yeah. L- Norris's ceiling is higher than Sergio's. Yeah, I yeah. Happily yeah. say that. That's fair. Um, and I'm kind of like, yeah, I Perez might fucking finally blow a basket at some point this season because you could tell, like in the cooldown room. I don't know whether you've seen the footage, but obviously in the <laughs> cooldown room, he basically, you know, said to Max, and was like, oh, you know, were you asked to do the lap time? And then I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, well, what about the fastest lap? And I was like, oh, you know, like, I asked. And, like, they only said it was, like, what they said was only, like, a tenth faster than I was doing or something. So I just did it. And you could tell Paris was just like, I want to fucking <laughs> shank the fuck out of you right now. Yes. Um, I would like to toast your taco, man. Again, like, it's just, this is, like, going way, way back. When Christian Horner tried to paint ricardo as the bad guy (laughs) leaving for running away from the fire but like it's the thing no one is necessarily even saying red bull is wrong to favor verstappen as hard as they do but if you are a driver who truly believes in yourself who also sees yourself as an alpha as a number one driver who wants Mm. to try and win a championship you are not going to win a championship at red bull so long as verstappen is there regardless of whether or not the car is capable of winning a championship. So realistically, 
even though uh, Ricardo's odds of winning a race, let alone a championship, drastically lowered by going to uh, Renault, yeah. they technically also went up exponentially because they went from literally impossible to unlikely but technically plausible. Because that yeah, they'll never let anyone other than Verstappen get the win. Um, and it's fine. Red Bull's invested so much in Verstappen for so long now. That's the whole... In many ways, the entire Red Bull Academy, from its first concept in, I don't know, the early 2000s or whatever, has existed to lead up to the point that is Max Verstappen. And there's only one man who can end his reign of terror. And on the count of three, Deshaun, that man is... One, two, three... Zane Maloney, you've let me down here. I mean, he didn't really you've, prove it this weekend. You've, in Saudi you've let Arabia. me down. But no, I was gonna, I was gonna go with the Yuma Wawasa actually, but then I thought to myself, oh that's, fuck, I don't know. That's an absurd take. We all know that Zane Maloney is the greatest driver to have ever driven a car. Absurd. Awasa's looking good, mate. He's the he's the top of the Red Bull drivers right now. And that's without <laughs> a doubt. The biggest thing with F two, as we'll get to later on in the week, is it's been two. It's been two rounds. It's literally too early to make any definitive takes. It's chaos, Matthew. It's chaos <laughs> in these streets. It's just F two. Uh, but moving on from Red Bull, who we spent a fair bit of time on, understandably, that will probably be the story of this season, because whether we like it or not. Uh, let's it. jump on to the other largely happy camp on the grid. I think Aston Martin, probably the only other team in the upper field mm-hmm. that is happy with things at the moment. Oh, no Alpine's probably happy because they're, they're... Alpine they're... is not in the upper field, are they? Okay. I didn't say the only other team. Right, fair enough. The only other... I was, ju- I was just splitting it top half of the table into bottom half of the table. Fair. Yeah. Alpine's top of the midfield. I think Alpine's very happy because they're comfortably top of the midfield. No, I we'll think get they're, to that they're second of the midfield behind Ferrari, brother. I'm not calling Ferrari midfield just yet. That's all a right. little bit harsh. All right, all right. Because uh, <laughs> the, the gap between Ferrari and Alpine is... Yeah, fair enough. Well, it's 18 uh, points, currently speaking. Aston Martin, yeah. But, okay, when you're the worst car of the upper field, so you're getting the five and six points every week, and Alpine's the best car of the midfield getting the three and four, obviously you'll be mathematically closer to Alpine yes. than you will to, like, Aston Martin. But, like, time-wise, I'm pretty sure the Ferrari's closer to the Red Bull than it is the Alpine. Yeah, probably. Probably. Um, But Aston Martin... By no means a perfect weekend for them. We obviously touched on it. Lance Stroll did not finish the race when he was on for a good result. But Alonso got podium number two for the year and number 100 of his career. Mm-hmm. And then he didn't. <laughs> and then, and he, then did. he did. <laughs> um, yeah, buddy. <laughs> this was a weird one. So, Jashan. Having now flexed all over how you've just gone back and watched it and you're now all up to speed with it, take me through what happened to Fernando Alonso during this race that led to him possibly losing this podium and then, if you're across it as well, what happened for that to get overturned for him to hold on to it in the end? Oh, mate, what a fucking roller coaster! Like, head down to Luna Park. Nah, no, thank you. I'd rather just watch Fernando Alonso's race in Jeddah if I want a good He's roller made a coaster. Luna Park reference. Yes, That's I amazing. have. You want to go to Dreamworld? No, you'll die. Watch Fernando Alonso drive an F1 instead. It's much better. All right, so your man qualifies well. He's looking good up there on the front row with Sergio. Makes the pass lap, but. But, no, that's right, starting grid. He's off position on the starting grid. If I'm not mistaken, he was slightly to, like, the left of his... Yes. 
Right. Which, um, a quick moment we should talk about. This is obviously because we talked about it. This is what Ocon had in mm-hmm. Bahrain. Uh, as we mentioned, if you listen to the F2 episode, a lot of guys in F2 and F3 had it in Bahrain and well. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the FIA has decided they're cracking down hard on this this year. And if you're not properly... It's not because it, none of these have been too far forward, effectively like jump the start, shorten the race distance. They're just too far to one side, not properly within the markings. And the FIA has just decided not... If, if you fuck up getting into your pit grid box, then this is an open declaration of war and yeah. you will be banished to the Shadow <laughs> Realm. Yes. Uh, and as long as they say consistent the whole year, then all right, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, so he got a five-second penalty for that. He yes. did make a very nice pass on uh, Perez at the start of the race. Uh, Perez also, would obviously yes. repass him later on. But you know he was he was he was looking good for pace the entire day was was Fernando he served that five second penalty um, and this is when the drama occurred Matthew because maybe like a fraction of a millisecond before the five seconds elapsed uh, the rear jack mechanic touched the car didn't start working on the car touched the car now according yes. to the rules you can't do that. Okay, you yes. can't even you can't even so much as breathe on the fucking car during the five second penalty. Nothing that can effectively be yeah, gaining you some time and saving you a little bit of time in terms of the five second penalty. So you can't do yep. any. Yeah, it's harsh, but te- you know if it's in the rules, it's in the rules. I get it. Now where it becomes a little bit dodgy is obviously they didn't tell Alonso till the end of the race, and you know maybe he drives differently if he's informed of this earlier. Yes. Which is very fair, and Alonso made that point um, after the end of oh, Jeddah. Mind-boggling that it took them yes. like 30-plus laps of race, and yes. after the podium happened in that, yes. for them to be like, oh, actually, these... Because Martin, I don't know whether you think, obviously was that, but if you were watching and um, aware during the broadcast, they were talking about it. Martin Brundle even said, oh, I wonder if it was that, and then clearly Martin, you know, used his powers of in the comm box or whatever and that to um, get his hand on the replay mm-hmm. watched the replay and literally told us he was like yeah the rear jack, jack touched the car the FAA might penalise him for this and then there was a bit of talk because they told Russell oh he might be getting a 5 second penalty mm. and Martin and Crofty were like oh well Alon- Ocon got 10 seconds so 5 seconds he'll be down to 5th yeah uh, I, this is another one this has been <laughs> Martin this Rundle should the, quit commentary and go be a steward. He'd do a much better job. This is the job. biggest theme, I reckon, the biggest running theme on this podcast is just... Oh, the FAA is so incompetent. The th- if Martin even Rundle when they get, even when they're the getting footage, it right, you know who they're else has still the getting footage? it wrong. The stewards have the footage. Yes. Like, do you not have basic communication skills, lads? What is this? Bloody hell. Post-race penalties for anything but the most cataclysmically massive of events uh, shit me off because... If you dish out that penalty early, mm-hmm. there's time for more things to play out. Teams can make their strategies to build around it and stuff like that. So I hate like if two cars make contact on the opening lap, and then the effort the stewards are like, ah, I can't be asked to watch that now. We'll decide after the race. It's like no, because there's a huge yeah. difference between you giving me a 10 second penalty after the race and then I'm locked in. If you give it to me at the start. I might be able to serve that under on a pit stop. Yep. There might be safety cars that change things. Exactly. I might be like, okay, I've got a 10-second penalty. Because, honestly, I'm not, I don't necessarily think he could have, but at the same time, considering they, George Russell was apparently driving like a madman. Yes, like a madman. And Alonso was still pulling time on him. 
Could Alonso have put 10 seconds into him if he wanted to? Russell Possibly. Thinks, Russell thinks this was the best driving weekend of his entire career. Um, so, you know, that, that kind of tells you where Mercedes are at the moment, that I mean, yep. that was only good enough for fourth. But then uh, so <coughs> Aston Martin appealed the decision instantly after the race and yes. cited no more than seven other instances where mechanics had touched or worked on the car before the their respective penalties had been served and not been penalised for it. Lawyered. Yeah, basically. And the FA were like, oh, shit. Uh, our bad. All right. We'll give you that one. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a... <laughs> Which it, is such an embarrassing L. Like, seriously. Yeah. Put, the way I find out, because I knew he'd... I, I see, knew they'd be talking about it. Race ended. Didn't hurt. Mid, middle of the way through the Monday or whatever, I saw that I, like, saw it for, like, 10 hours previously. But, like, I was like, oh, okay. So he did get stripped of it. And then I was, like, just on in, like, the evening. And all of a sudden, I see a post, like, dated 10 minutes earlier that's, like, 100 podiums from Alonso from the official F1 account. And I was like, yeah, that's weird. How have you fucked up and said he's about 100 podiums when, like, he lost the podium? <laughs> so I double-checked, and I was like, oh, okay, it's been reinstated, because why not? <laughs> yeah, but ultimately, um, they, they won that, and there's, you know, memes going around, like, um, oh, hey, Sebastian, how you doing? Guys, I'm not going to drive for you. I've retired. No, 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 Seb. We just need you to send us some footage of when the FIA have fucked up. And he's like, ah, yes, I've got so you covered. Good. So good. Uh, but that would be, um, yeah, Alonso's 100th uh, podium. So he's yes. just the sixth man to ever do that behind, obviously, Hamilton. Hold on, I've got the list here. Oh, I'm guessing Hamilton, Schumacher, Kimi Raikkonen. Yep. Uh, Vettel? I don't feel like Vettel. Vettel? I've lost my note. No, it's not this one. <laughs> do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Ah, yes. Yep, Vettel. Got it. One, Vettel. one more. Prost. Yes. Nice. Nailed it. Senna, Senna five didn't live five. Long Well, yes. Rest in peace, Ed and Senna. Would have got there. Uh, yes, he almost definitely would have. Um, quick, quicker, it's just two races, but Fernando is going to finish P3 in every single race <laughs> this year. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. 100%. He's, he's, like, comfortably clear of the, the Merc boys and the Ferrari boys, but just nowhere near the Red Bulls. Uh, it also meant that, yeah, this was the first time Alonso had led an opening lap of a Grand Prix in 11 years. And yep. I believe it was the second time he'd got consecutive podiums since the 2013 Singapore Grand Prix. So it's, <coughs> it's fucking awesome to see he's on fire right now he's killing it it's, it's it is but getting some vintage Alonso it's nice I'm still holding out hope that there'll be a race that he can take the dub in mm-hmm. um, I thought it might be this one for a little bit I obviously got a little bit of hopes up and then inevitably that it's gonna have to be a race where Verstappen retires uh, almost certainly or like really weird stuff happened and also Red Bull has to get bored and start planning for next year and Aston Martin has to be like fuck it this is our best chance to win a race Yep. and just put it all in this year's kind and just be shit for the next four years and it's worth it if Alonso wins one race this year worth it for Aston Martin okay how about what's more likely to happen Alonso finishes third every race Hamilton finishes fifth every race or Sonoda finishes 11th every race Sonoda finishing 11th every race. Honestly, that would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> Can you imagine? Franz Tost uh, is just like slowly be, but surely dying from insanity. Like, guys, way. come on! That is the perfect way for Sonoda to bow out of this sport with just the ultimate <laughs> not quite good enough. Just P11 yeah. in every race. Oh, no God. points. Guaranteed to be the highest no point scoring driver in the championship, which could put him last with weird fluky results, but like never actually gets a point. Always gets passed by someone with, like, two laps to go. Yeah. He was devastated as well. Yeah. 
it was, um, it was tough, but good driving. Moving, moving along to the sorrows, uh, we've talked about it a little bit earlier, but let's go back to the boys at McLaren. Uh, Jashan, <laughs> we're only two races into the year, but have we, having already, in my opinion, <laughs> seen the overtake of the year for Alonso's move on Hamilton in Bahrain, have we now in Grand Prix number two of the year seen the award winner for worst opening lap of the season? <laughs> for McLaren. <laughs> so okay, so take... so run me through what happened to Piastri. I know he had contact. So Piastri got a solid enough start. Had to fortunately check up a little bit to I think avoid going into the back of like Ocon or Hamilton or whatever the cars in the row in front of him were. He had Gasly then sort of around the outside of him for turn one, inside of him for turn two. We know that's that awful pinch point. That's still mm-hmm. not the best corner in Saudi Arabia. It's a very tricky one. It yeah, kind of just fucks everything. Um, but coming side by side of that, just a little bit. wasn't even that much contact, but a bit of like sort of front wheel to front wheel contact. Uh, tore off his right fr- the right um, right mm-hmm. side um, front wing end plate on his car, meaning yep. he was missing a key piece of downpour set, and obviously the um, the various different levels of like front wing that are attached to the end plate were then flapping loose at one end because they weren't attached to it. Yeah. So this many had enough wing damage. It was pretty obvious he was going to have to pick because just nowhere near enough downforce. The real kicker here is we've not heard official confirmation. I don't think necessarily. <laughs> But on about lap three, Norris himself pitted for front wing damage, seemingly caused by contact with some kind of debris. It definitely Piastri's. Norris came out and there said was it was zero, uh, zero other bits of contact on the opening lap, which means the only possible debris for Norris to have hit was Piastri's front wing. Yep. And, so, and again, Norris um, came out publicly and said, yeah, I hit Oscar's front wing. Which okay, I, I didn't. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Which to be clear, it wasn't him taking a shot at Oscar or anything. It's just horrifically bad luck. For oh, McLaren. incredibly bad luck. You hate to see it, but also you kind of um, love to see it because it's both. So both cars, both cars race ruined <laughs> on the opening lap. Uh, Oscar in particular, I don't know whether Oscar could have held on for points. He was P nine. He qualified P nine. Mm. He was starting P. He started P eight. Obviously, Verstappen, Leclerc were always coming back past him. Puts him P ten. Stroll crashed, Stroll, Stroll retired, he's P9 again. Does he stay across the whole course of a race distance? Does he stay ahead of Gasly and, I don't know, K-Mag, fucking whoever else cleaned up the back end of the points? Um, Probably not. I, not. But so we sure want to see him does. get, like, he, we, we want to see him actually get a chance to go. Yeah, there, right? he's, so he's two races in and he's barely made it past the first handful of corners either time before things have gone wrong and his race has been written off yeah uh which is incredibly frustrating and i think there's going to be an awful lot of that this year um and they showed no ability really to drive back through the pack either which nope. is unsurprising which also does say to me well a maybe they've got a little bit better of a saturday car than they do a sunday car although norris was awful for me i think it's just oscar it shows oscar is really good because that lap getting p8 and qualifying or p9 and qualifying on the saturday mm-hmm. was like completely unreflective of where the car is actually at so he overdrove it to produce that result oh yeah 
And, and I think, and I think it's putting pressure on Norris. I don't think Norris is is handling this. Norris oh, has had two years of being the bona fide number one guy, with Ricardo <laughs> being quite frankly shit. And now yes. someone's challenging him for the first and time. And before that, he, he had it. his absolute best friend in the entire world, who exactly. was probably the only man he was ever okay with not beating. Yes, exactly. Um, but now he's got someone who he's not absolute best buds with and is possibly also better than him. Yeah. And uh, he's not handling it. Yeah, well, take us take us through that. Take us through what happened with McLaren towards the end of the race. Mm. Yeah, sort of Norris's, I guess, response to it. I don't know why you feel the need to give radio orders when you're battling for P16. I really Mate, don't. Like every position counts. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It does. <laughs> a little bit wild. But yeah, eventually, you know, essentially, uh, McLaren. Uh, maybe they're trying to make sure that no contact occurs. Right? They want to save some money, so they they tell Lando essentially to you know, okay, just just let just let Piastri keep that. But there's a bit of back and forth with the drivers, a bit of on track brouhaha. Uh, that ultimately Piastri wins, whether or not he won it legitimately or because of the uh, radio orders, I don't know. We oh, know. it was very obvious that um, Norris backed way off and let him through through in turn one. Yeah, but we don't know whether thing. if Norris hadn't have backed off, whether Norris would have. Been oh yeah, he, whether he would have, but the move was very obviously Norris let him through. But according to Norris himself, this is the quote here: "I could have quite easily probably kept the position at the end and got past the Williams, but yeah, I just let him go in the end. It would be different if I was fighting for points, but 16th and 17th, it doesn't really matter." Uh, he's right; it doesn't matter. But also, you know what? This is Piastri's second race in Formula One. Show some support, man. Show some yeah, appreciation. Yeah, I mean. At the end of the day, your teammate is just your first rival. Yeah. So he doesn't need to be all wholesome and supportive. I agree with Norris saying he probably could have stayed ahead of Piastri. I don't know if Piastri would have just been able to get on by. Mm. I disagree with Norris getting past the Williams because A, he'd already been behind it for a few laps and not managed to get by. B, once Piastri cleared the Williams, Norris was unable to himself. Yep. Uh... So, it was the right call in terms of it let Piastri then go at Sargent and he was able to get past Sargent, but also that just meant that he finished 15th rather than 16th or 17th. Mm. Big fucking whoop. Probably an unnecessary call to make just for alienating Norris a little bit. I don't think Piastri is going to be that upset if you don't team orders to let him no, fuck no. in the battle for P16, P17. And if he is, well, that's a very poor reflection on Oscar. Oscar seems um, like a pretty level-headed guy. Just, but, you know. Yeah, whereas I think... I think Norris does have a little bit of good reason to be a little bit annoyed by this decision because it's just a silly one. And even if he's, that's the thing, not even just notwithstanding the fact that, you know, he's possibly there with a view in theory, he's meant to be the number one driver at the team. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's just, even if you don't have a number one driver at the team or anything, it's just, what what, what did this achieve? But then, criticise the, the team, don't throw, don't throw a, a subliminal to, to, to Piastri. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know whether that was really saying, oh, well, I would have had Oscar covered because Oscar's, like, crap or anything. I think it was more just, like, mm. I probably could have beaten him. It's not like I was, like, wildly holding him up. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be a long year for McLaren. Yes. It is going to be a long year, and it's going to look really weird when Piastri wins Monaco halfway through it. <laughs> um, uh, I think I think you might be uh, dreaming there, brother, but I appreciate uh, no, but the positivity. 
What you're not factoring in is the wild card entry of Mahir um, Mavir, Oh, Ragunathan! Ragunathan. No, Mahir! Who will fuck Santa Vot harder than anyone has ever done before, wiping out all of the leaders, oh, leaving Oscar Piastri no. to qualify the very respectable ninth, because he's a gun, the highest running car, and then you can't overtake at Monaco. So even though the Leclerc had an engine failure and started 12th, and it's clearly about six seconds a lap past than Oscar, he'll just not be able to get by. And Oscar will win Monaco ahead of Charles Leclerc. You've heard it here first. <laughs> Speaking of Charles Leclerc, um, nice. engine failures and his general frustration. That's a fantastic segue, um, Matt. That's top thank two. Thank you. That was a, it wasn't oh. even intentional, but oh. I, mean, I just looked. I looked at my sheet and was like, "Fuck!" I was going to talk about Ferrari after McLaren. How convenient. Um, not a lot to talk about in terms of Ferrari. It's a fairly anonymous weekend. They were not in nearly as fast as the Red Bull or even really the Aston Martins. Mm. They were probably faster over one lap than the Mercedes, but on race pace, mm, well, maybe Charles would have been if he'd up there, but Charles had the penalty from the engine failure in Bahrain and the need to change. They took some new components and stuff like that, got a grid drop for it. Um, however, there was one thing. I don't know the exact thing. is that So it was during the safety car from Stroll, mm-hmm. and I believe, because the Ferraris had already pitted in that, and I think it was maybe like Hamilton and that hadn't come in. And they came on the radio to Charles to tell him to do. I think between the two, the two, the two safety car lines, the pit in safety car line and the pit out safety car line, yeah. you're able to like because there's certain deltas you've got to match, but you can take that section flat and then catch back up to the delta later in the lap or whatever. Yeah. So I think it was they came on to say like you know, absolutely send it through this bit of the track. Hopefully then you can still come out in front of Hamilton as he's doing his pit and that. And it just sounded like they must have put him that way, way too late. Because then he came back in the radio and he was like, well, guys, like, I need to know this, like, way before. It's too late now. And Hamilton, you know, stayed in front of him and that. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I don't even know whether Charles got past signs, but the Ferraris just stayed behind the two Mercedes for the rest of the race. Um, so, A, notable, because... Oh, and also he said, guys, I need to know this. And his engineer was just like, copy. Yeah, um, classic. Notable, because A, once again... Ferrari, Ferrari, not that big of a surprise, but Charles, like, Charles seems like he's getting frustrated with just the bullshit of being at Ferrari. Which, and he's normally a very level-headed guy. Oh, he has had little blow-ups in the past, you know, at Vettel and, and stuff like that, but it doesn't happen very often, and he takes a lot of shit. Uh, worth noting, I think, you know, Chavi may have been a fantastic football player, and he's proving to be a very solid coach, but fuck me, is he a shit race engineer? Like, Jesus Christ, man, get it together. Do you reckon he needs to ditch Chavi as an engineer and say, get Xabi Alonso? Oh, I don't know. He needs he needs a real... You know what? Actually, I think Xabi Alonso is a good stuff. shout. Like, because Xabi Alonso, he's like a hard nose, takes no bullshit, gets the job done. <coughs> that guy, isn't he? Good call. Great call. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. No, um, just, that, I think, that should I think, be it. That's an off-season episode. Which football player is each engineer on the grid? I'd, I'd love that. I, I think they told him to push it through that particular section, like halfway through the section. I think. Yeah, that was the impression I got as well, which was just, what's the fucking point then? It's so, like, oh my god. So bad. Uh, you truly love to see it. Yeah, I know, again, I think it's going to be a long year at Ferrari. They could end up in a real scrap to even be able to beat one if not well yeah let alone both of aston martin and mm. mercedes 
So, uh, did Mercedes end up beating them in the Constructors last year, or did they still come home second? I feel like Ferrari must have Ferrari come second. Uh, came second, yeah. Yeah, and so I think we talked, we were hopeful there was that supposed at all. They found a second of pace and that, the Ferrari engine that. We were optimistic. I mean, you stupidly picked them. <laughs> I you did. are stupid. I did pick them, yes, but, and I, um, I am ready to admit I, that I, I am I was optimistic stupid. that they would be closer, and at least we could get some good stuff. They may have dropped behind two different teams now. They could mm-hmm. easily end up finishing fourth in the Constructors, which is a huge L. Yep. It's uh, it's pretty embarrassing. It's pretty Ferrari. You it could you is. could say that they're a bit which red-faced at the we're moment. Going very nice Gab. that we're going to say on it. From one man frustrated with his team to another. Nice. Jashan, what has Lewis Hamilton been saying this week? Yeah, uh, Jesus. He's just, he's not... <laughs> I've never felt so out of sync with the car in my entire career. Ah, uh, yeah, for sure. We get it. The car is bad. Grow up. <laughs> Honestly, I don't... Fuck off, Stiff. Lewis. You've won seven... He's, he's, he's angry. He's obviously frustrated. Toto Wolf is, has been very vocal about uh, the car. I do have this uh, uh, lined up for send it, the, the car stuff. But, um, yeah, on Lewis Hamilton specifically, he's clearly very frustrated. He made a nice pass on Science in this race. I think that's probably more of um, uh, Science and the Ferraris just not being up to snuff more than Hamilton, you know, pulling out some classic Hamilton manoeuvres. Yeah, but that's probably fair. Yeah, they're, they're solidly third, I'd say, at the moment. Mercedes, they're equal with Aston Martin on points. And, obviously, Hamilton is not used to being third. He's used to being first. So, he's not happy. He's not a happy chappy. It, it is what it is. He'll be fine. Yeah, that is... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's hard. Mercedes wins. They talk themselves down. Mercedes loses, and they seem to do lots of complaining. Uh, this is just... <laughs> this is what they do. This is just what they fucking I have do. it in writing. I have it in writing. <laughs> Change your car, there. <laughs> yeah, they, I think they've... See, they're coming into the season. They doubled down. They thought, all right, we'll stick with this lack of side pod thing, and we'll see if we can make it work. Obviously, it doesn't work. So now they're finally, like... Bit that the bullet. Okay, we need to change. Well, again, not the not the not the best time yeah. to be doing. This. Haven't haven't seen Drive to Survive. Won't be watching it. But obviously, see the isolated clips from it. The fucking clip. You'll know it when I start that. But like whether they, you know, George is doing one of the interviews or whatever, and he's like, you know, when I first walked out, when they first took the covers off, and I saw like our car, and like I saw the rest of the cars, and I was <laughs> just like, whoa, fuck, that looks fast. Yes. <laughs> the most mid-car Mercedes has made in a decade. Yeah, he's all like, I didn't design it, fellas. I didn't design it. That that other clip is so good when they're all coming up to him, like, the fuck is this? And George is like, I don't, I don't design the car. I just, I just drive. <laughs> so funny. Oh, Jesus. Uh, that and um, keeping up with the team principles are the only bits that could ever want me to come back to... Watching drive to some yeah, oh, watching but Winter rather, Steiner and and, and Benazzo going for a drive through the Italian hills the is principles. fantastic TV. Like, or like total team principles. Just like I want like a total Bellas, total divas s show, but it's just the team principles. <laughs> so <laughs> good, be fantastic. Hitting shoot hurricane runners, <laughs> obscure references. That would be fantastic. Absolutely. Um. All right, moving away from the teams at the top to the midfield um and Jashan this might blow your mind but did you know Alpine was actually in this race this weekend yeah they were just doing their thing but 
They were just um, doing their thing, and they're doing their thing very well, just quietly. Yeah. They're, they're very solid right now, and they're I, exactly I, where I expected them to be. Beyond the fact that Pierre Gasly is public enemy number one because he ruined Oscar Piastri's life. What? Okay. I don't really... I'm joking. Um, I don't really think I can tell you a single thing about what happened to Alpine for the entire race weekend, which is good because I can tell you lots about what happened to Ocon last weekend. Yeah. The pink cars um, look nice under lights. That, that's the other thing I've got to say. Oh my! I, we'll see what it looks like during the daytime. But oh, they're fucked up again. It, th- these should just be the livery for the yep, year. Agreed. This is actually a great livery. It agreed. looks great. It's going to look so... I mean, okay, they don't look awful, but we know what the livery is about to look like. It's called Watch the F2 and F3 races, and you can see what the Alpine <laughs> livery looks like. And it's not as good. Yeah. It's just not as good. But the pink is just, it's the thing. The pink thing, even if it's not necessarily actually a good livery, the pink is so striking that it just becomes good by just sheer shock factor. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just as you said, they're just doing their thing. Um, I think they are nowhere near the top four teams, but I also think they're kind of well clear of any of the other midfield teams. Yeah, no, they're better than Alfa um, Romeo. They're in a category of their own right now. This should just be a real cruisy run to fifth in the constructors. Mm-hmm. I think they should try and leverage this to put... I mean, they have to pick the right time, but I think you want to fairly early on start just really focusing on next year's car because you should be able to just... Co- unless... Uh, Aston Martin, Aston Martin, Alfa Romeo start taking big leaps forward or something to put them mm-hmm. under a bit of pressure, or like McLaren suddenly so figure it out halfway through the year. They should be able to coast home and still fin. Like it doesn't matter whether you just finish P five or whether you finish super comfortably P five. You get the same prize money and everything. Yeah. So they yeah, should exactly. be able to coast home to P five. In which case, I think you've got to put start putting stuff into work, focusing on next year's car. Well, that's their and goal, see right? If you can to become take contenders. Big, yeah, big step up the grid. You've got a driver lineup that can do it. And I think we'd have to agree. I tune into the F2 show to hear more about this, but if one of these two, and I think only one of these two can stick around long term, but they've possibly got the man or the men in the academy mm. to be top guys on a top team. So they need to figure it out and produce a top car. Yeah. Because I think, I, first of all, I think if you hand Gasly, possibly Ocon, a top car, they could do things. But I increasingly think if you hand Jack Doohan or Victor Martin a top F1 car, mm-hmm. they might be able to do really good things in it. Yeah. So they need to get a good car sooner rather than later. It's a good call. It's a good call. Um, they so got take some adva- pressure. Take advantage of it. Take advantage of the fact that you're well clear of the rest of the midfield and there's no chance of you catching the top four. And hold steady for this spot, but just focus on next year. Yeah, Pierre Gasly has gone. Uh, he's finished ninth from ninth after finishing ninth from last uh, in Bahrain. So, loves that P nine position. Does Pierre? He's uh... yes. It'll be interesting. Well, uh, are we just gonna all now? You know what? That would be a fun year narrative. Seeing Pierre Gasly finish ninth in every race, but doing it from a different starting every, every single race. time. Yeah. So he will take pole at some point, <laughs> and then he will finish ninth. Oh, that would be a bummer. But he, I think I think finished, he has settled in pretty well to the Alpine car. I reckon, actually, that'd be what. I want Pierre Gasly to have 20, at least, I want him to qualify in all 20 spots across the course of the 23 races. Mm-hmm. And I want him to have 20 ninth place finishes, one from each spot. And the three races where he also qualifies in a spot he's already qualified, he DNFs. <laughs> 
20 unique ninth place finishes and 3 DNFs. That's Pierre Gasly's season. I, I don't mind it. I like it. I'm excited. Uh, and then just quickly wrapping up through the rest of the backfield, we're two races in, and in the battle to not get ousted from Alpha Tauri, <laughs> I think, first of all, both drivers are losing, but mm-hmm. DeVries is losing a hell of a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, um, he was. Uh, it was just. A, I don't know. He just likes the Williams car, and he, he has not taken to the Alpha Tauri. I just think that was a weird one-off result as well. Yeah, maybe. No, no, and no knock on DeVries. Like he was good, but there is a reason. Probably he didn't get straight into F one, and it's taken a while. And it was a fair bet to take. He showed a bit of talent, but yeah, we've we said from the start there is so much. There is six Red Bull drivers in F two right now. And there's a couple in there that have already been axed from the academy in Daruvla and Doohan. Mm-hmm. Um, there good. are guys who didn't graduate up in Liam Lawson. Uh, there was, wasn't there someone else on the group with Lawson? Oh, <laughs> name redacted. Yes. Um, <laughs> I kept going to Tickton, but I was like, Tickton was Red Bull so no, long ago. Tickton was um, Williams eventually, yeah. Yes. So there's too much talent waiting in the pipelines, whether it be Awasa, Maloney, Fittipaldi, Dennis Hauger's looking really good this year, mm-hmm. Hadjar, yeah. the other one. Crawford. <laughs> uh, the other one. Or some of the boys that they've got in F3. Yeah, Johnny Edgar, absolute gun, mate. I reckon, absolutely. Um, they've got Seb Montoya, though. He could be good. Yep. Uh, yeah, so we always think we felt at least one of these guys probably wouldn't make it past this season. We were oh, very much, this is now or never for Yuki. Oh, yeah. Um, even if Yuki was having these 11th be 10th, I think he needs to be showing a bit more than that. I, he, so far, it's only two races. But so far in these two races, he's showing me a lot more never than he has now. Mm. And DeVries he, is anywhere close to him. So I I think there's mm-hmm. a very good chance we could see like a Hauger Maloney lineup at Alpha Tauri next year. Yeah, Yuki, Yuki, a couple solid enough uh, races to come 11th twice. I mean, I think the <coughs> car looks pretty shit. Overall, yes. the package is bad. I think it might be the worst car on the grid. Quite possibly, yeah. Um, and, you know, K-Mag, you know, you can say that uh, Haas have played it safe by bringing in two veterans uh, after going the double rookie route. You know, they've, they've gone for a bit of a safe route. But it's just paid off Magnussen. You know, it takes experience and, and good racecraft to do a last gasp pass like he did on Yuki, and I thought it was a really nice move. So shout out to K-Mag, uh, the superior driver at Haas right now. So fuck you, Matt. Hulkenberg mid. I'd argue more like Middenberg. I'd Prost I'd him. argue that they're one apiece because um, I believe Hulk only Hulk one Hulk... man has points though, Matthew. Yes, but Hulkenberg's doing the better qualifying. It so matters on race day, brother. It, depends. it matters on the Sunday. It really depends what you're into. Uh, qualifying's a better indication of overall. You cut talent. out. Oh, for um, you can sake. teach now. Obviously, Why would you cut out now? Taught anything, we were doing so well. You can teach a man racecraft and how to look after tyres and things like that. You can't teach someone fast. You cannot teach speed. Oh. It, okay, I'm so confused right now. What? I thought... Were you talking that entire time? Yup. Okay, I, I just cut... I must have cut out. Whatever, that's weird. Um, Moving on. Yes. yes. Final thing to talk about in terms of people in the race. Logan Sargent. Uh, 
you reckon, and I sort of agree, he's possibly been getting a bit of a bad rap online for how he's been doing. I think we both think that is undeserved. I will say, if you're going to hate Logan Sargent... Hate his dad. I think... Hate his dad. Not him. Hate his dad. What's, What's his dad do? His dad is the one with all the crazy political opinions. Well, Logan does possibly show some of these and that. If you're going to hate Logan Sargent, hate him for his off-track stuff, fair enough. But don't question what this man can actually do behind a wheel. To, to imply that, and whether this was just a one-off wild meme by someone and we're all like, yeah, it's kind of funny, we like Latifi jokes, we laugh. But to imply that this man's like the new Latifi or something is absurd. He A, it's only two races. It's way too cool to make it. B, it's not like he's done... Like, yeah, he... He, he was good tumbled, in Bahrain. He tumbled... I, he was good at times here. As I said, I think he should have made it comfortably out of Q1, but unfortunately made a little mistake and just for whatever reason didn't get a chance to set another flying lap or couldn't string it together on the next one. Probably should have made it out of Q1. Yes, he tumbled back down through the pack. I think he's got to um, hit up Sergio and ask for some lessons on tyre management. And while he's at it, please bring Ollie Behrman along with him. Um, because conserving your tires so you don't fall off a cliff at the end is really important. But like, <laughs> Latifi wouldn't have been there f- on the fringes of a top ten finish to then cook the tires and tumble back in the first place. He would have just exactly. been down the back. Exactly. <laughs> Logan was up there because there was a the point when they crossed to um. Did they talk to James? I feel like I think that I think James was the. Team Prince, because James is the team principal right now. I won't call him James Allen. Jost. James... Jost Capito. No, he's not. Remember, Capito stepped down. Oh fuck. No. Isn't it? Really? Um. Isn't it James of James? What's his face of um Valtteri Bottas and Mercedes fame? Ah. Uh, I, 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 I honestly thought Jost was still there. Fuck. <laughs> ah. Yeah. No. Nah, my bad. Team. I just. I. I don't know why. His name has disappeared Why from my head. Why did you leave Williams? I, James, oh, this was in December last James year. James Vols, that's the one. You know, it's mm. Valtteri, it's James, is the Williams team principal. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking yeah, yeah, over yeah, Capito, yeah. which is a story we definitely have talked about on this show. Ah, uh, yeah, so Josh Capito left off. Yes. So he's, he had a two-year contract, that's all he wanted, and he, he left. Yes. Okay, um, That's so, on me for being uneducated, I, I apologize. But yeah, so Jan, James was the uh, team principal they had the live cross to at this round, uh-huh. and when he was up, um, for those five or six laps where he was sort of on the back of Hulkenberg there looking to find a way past, and, you know, um, James was saying, well, don't know that, but, you know, there's a chance he could get past Hulkenberg here, push through, possibly look at some points. And then he couldn't get the move on Hockenberg done, seemed to cook the tyres, and then tumble back down the field. But points were looking like a possibility. It was, mm. if he get past Hockenberg, maybe he can run down K-Mag, and maybe he can run down Yuki. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I think there is nothing that Logan Sargent's done on track so far to warrant uh, Latifi comparisons or anything like that. It Agreed. is way too early to make a verdict. Um, and I do not think he's remotely a driver under pressure. Nah, agreed. Uh, and I would I mean, argue that, well, aside from the one glaring obviousness of um, Oscar qualifying P8, run race day Logan's probably been the pick of the rookies so far. Anyone's Latifi. I hate to say it, but it's Nick DeVries. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, and that was the on-track action at the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Now, before we head off, Jashan, 
we have time for your favourite segment. Did I send it or did I not didn't send it? Yeah, you oh, send it! You mean uh, the greatest segment ever conceived by by humans ever? Uh, Send I think it, you'll baby. Find that would be a PK League moment of the week. <laughs> oh, shout out to our um, cousin podcast, the Four Man Wall. You can check it out on our other feed. It's all on the Instagram. It's good stuff. Give it a like. Give it a comment. Give it a thingy, the social media crap. But yes, send it. This is where I rattle off a few headlines from the controversial world of Formula One. Matt will pick one that he would like to talk about, and I myself will also pick one that I would like to talk about. Let's do it! Headline number one, courtesy of Nines, Wide World of Sports. Nice. Lewis Hamilton declares Red Bull the fastest F1 car he's ever seen. Headline number two, courtesy of stuff.co.nz. I love this. Formula One star sets a race Bathurst winning Holden supercar. Headline number three, F1 Fan Nation. Nick DeVries and Yuki Tsunoda in hot water after failing to meet expectations. Number four, also courtesy of Nines. Wide world of sports. What people say doesn't matter. Marcus Ericsson hell-bent on proving naysayers wrong. And finally, from the official F1 website, Wolf details how Mercedes are approaching W14 concept shift after going down dead-end street. Woo. Consider it sent. You might be two from two to start the year. I'm on fire, baby. What can I say? Heat. There's a lot of good stories in there, but shockingly, I will take the IndyCar story. (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, I've not seen the quotes or anything, but I can have as a guess. Obviously, Ericsson was not considered a particularly tremendous uh, F1 driver. I'd argue he's most well known in F1. For not hitting Roman Grosjean, <laughs> but Roman Grosjean thinking that he hit him. Yes. Uh, but he has been increasingly killing it in um, IndyCar. He's won three races in his career now four. across the last two years, basically. He won two... Four. four. So he's up to four. Yeah. I mean, he might have won a second one last year. Because he won two in 2021. And I believe he won two last year, including the big one. He won the Indy 500, which very much helped him be in the championship frame for all of last season. But he was Mm -hmm. in the championship picture, coming down to at least the second to last round. I'm not sure whether he was still quite in it into the final round last year. And he started out pretty strong this year. I believe he had a top five. He just won St. Petersburg. Did he? Did he? Courtesy of Pato Award uh, engine blowing up, but yes, he won St. Petersburg, according I'm, to Nine's Wide World of Sports. I'm, I'm, I believe you, but like, I must have just, either I forgot to watch the final 10 laps after McLaughlin and Grosjean won into e- ran into each other, which is highly possible, or after McLaughlin and Grosjean ran into each other, I just kind of spaced out the rest of the race, because, mm. um... I watched St. Petersburg, but I have no recollection. That's why I was, I was so confused when you're like, he's won four races. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um, yeah, okay. He won the first race of the season. Yeah. He is um, leading the championship. Yes. 
Yes, indeed. And Callum Islet finished P5, by the way. So nice. fucking get that up here. But uh, yeah, basically, Ericsson just um, a bit of a fuck you to the haters. He says, I, it seems whatever I do, people are thinking maybe I don't deserve it or stuff like that. Uh, it's worth noting that three of his four wins have come where people around him have crashed out or have had issues. Only the Indy 500 victory was, you know, in air quotes, a clean victory. But, but um, you, you've got to be up there to win it. You exactly. Can't, you can't inherit a win from misfortune if you're not already running in the top two or three. Exactly right. Uh, he's blossomed into a really, really solid race car driver. That's it. Do you think also, there's a pass do... back to F1 for him one day? Maybe, you know, with an extra car, an extra team uh, on the grid and Andretti? I don't think so. And I think I'd much rather see him just try and become a multiple-time IndyCar champion or something. Yeah. Uh, I think he's got that in him. Um, I do just want to say quickly while we're talking about IndyCar, Jashan, uh, what is your all-time favorite race car driver name and why is it Stingray Rob? <laughs> there is a man on the IndyCar this year, grid this year, oh, whose surname is dude. Rob, given names, Stingray. <laughs> His name is Stingray. Oh, it's Rob with two Bs. Yeah, Stingray Rob. Oh my God, that's amazing. I... My, blew my mind when I saw that and I was oh, like, yeah. oh my god, it's a real name. On his fucking I birth certificate. It's not a nickname, America. that's his actual fucking name. I love America so much. What yeah, yeah, he's from Idaho. That makes sense. What that checks a out. Gotta love Idaho. Uh, um, fuck, that's fantastic. I, yeah, the so story good. I will check, I will just mention so uh, Valtteri Bottas will be driving um, yes. a Bathurst car, sorry, uh, the Holden Commodore Supercar in Adelaide for the Motorsport Festival on March 26th. Yes, because he's also over there to drive um, an Alfa Romeo of some description. He sort of hinted a couple of weeks back that he, in his continuing narrative of becoming an Australian, yes, he might also drive a supercar while he's over there, and yes, so he will be driving the old old spec Holden yep. Commodore He supercar. is swiftly becoming a fan favourite down under. Absolutely. But um, I'm going to talk about the Alfa Tauri story. Yep. So, coming into the season, Matthew, yep. would you have had any hope that they could finish fifth? No. Apparently, Helmut Marco has told Franz Toast that fifth is the expectation, and that anything below seventh is unacceptable. Well, I mean, I can see his logic here. He's at least being a little bit of that. He's going, okay, well, we're not cracking the big four teams, but top of the midfield... And anything that isn't midfield is not acceptable. Um, but at the end of the day, Helmet, you need to A, have a good car, which they don't. And no. then B, have good drivers, which it's hard to truly tell because they don't have a good car. Yeah. It's, it's kind of hard to, to improve when, you know, your your mother team keep cutting your salary as well. Which is a, you know, a rumour that they're just, you know, mad, like, restricting France Tost's... Like, yeah. ability to actually spend money you know like got to find the money for max's contract somewhere exactly so just wanted to you know throw some shade at helmet there and on the uh the red bull family just kind of like you know let them cook <laughs> just just let alpha tarry cook helmet marco's gonna helmet marco what can we say yup better consider it sent that's that yes and consider this podcast sent as well i don't think there's anything more for us to discuss um might not have been the most exciting podcast we've ever done but it wasn't the most exciting race we've ever watched and i'll be honest i think you'd probably agree this podcast does tend to go as the sport of formula one goes 
I think we did um, a good job of breaking it all down, though. Oh, no, no doubt. I just don't know whether it was the most exciting stuff to talk about. Nah. But if you're out there and you love a bit of F1 drama, this is this is oh, it for you, brother. Absolutely. Talking, talking smack. Um, two races in, and mate, like once again, Netflix must be loving this. You know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> There's only one true winner in Formula One, and it's Netflix. That's exactly right. Uh, but until next time, obviously, uh, you will not be hearing from us on this show again for another couple of weeks till post Australia. Um, but do keep an eye on the social medias at Online Hub Media on Instagram to see our predictions for the Australian Grand Prix. And, and stay tuned for our, our live report from uh, some of Jishan's friends who are apparently attending the Grand Prix. So, uh, yeah, we've got a few people coming down to, to see the race. You, you, mate, you gotta you got to make him do a, do a live segment, record oh, himself, and then post it on the Instagram. 100%. Collectively, we have been achieving moderately decent results in life, and we have also been rear of the grid. Uh, someone's had their lap time deleted. It's Hulkenberg who tumbles down to 14th place. It's because we went in the purple section on the track, Nico. It wasn't at turn 27. It was in that dividing bit between the entry, pit entry. So just don't go on that pit entry thing. You completely lost me.